Welcome to SIDCast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. My name is David Gibson. If you could, before you get any further into today's episode, go to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get this podcast, leave us a rating and a review. It only takes a few minutes and it allows for the show to grow uh, as we expand upon our listenership, our fan base and as well as telling the SID story. So, uh, also, be sure to go ahead and go over to Twitter and Facebook. Give us a follow at SportsInfoCast on both of those platforms as well. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. And we're back just like that. And I uh, hope you guys are doing well. I know that baseball's starting to wind down both at, well, I say both at all levels, I would say. Uh, I know the uh, World Series, NAI World Series, start to kick off here soon from Lewiston, Idaho, as it does seemingly. I think it literally is every year, how they think about it. Um, and we got some track athletes going tomorrow. I know for me personally, uh, we have some, uh, we have a steeplechase guy and a 10K girl both going, uh, I say tomorrow, I guess you're listening to this on Thursday. So tonight, um, really looking forward to seeing how they do, really anticipating something really big out of the two of them. Hoping that Nathan makes it to the finals for Friday. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, just excited all around. I want to welcome everybody. If you are an SID or if you are not, if you're just learning about this profession in general or just want to hear Mark talk or weirdly enough, if you just want to hear me talk, this is the place to do it. Um, and uh, do as the intro says and plus I would say sign up for our newsletter, sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Uh, tried to get sidcast.com. That didn't really work out. I think it's now like a Dungeons & Dragons roleplay thing. Um, nothing wrong with that, but uh, kind of lost out on my opportunity there. Uh, anyway, well, you're probably wondering why Mark, I mean, we've had creative people on before. Um, Mark is actually a repeat guest. From February 22nd, 2017, so it's been two plus years since Mark has been on. Mark was episode 14, for those of you who um, have been following us for that long, or were kind of trying to do your math as we are approaching year number three of the show. Um, Mark was an SID when I talked to him. He was also the brand manager for the Boston College Eagles. He primarily worked with the uh, men's hockey program up there in Boston. Um Mark is a Michigan guy, is a Michigander, I think that's how you say it, or a Michigan man. Um, and he would kind of go through his whole background, how he got to Boston College via St. Francis, PA, via Syracuse, Northeastern, eventually BC, and to where he's at with Clemson today. Um, if you know of any of the Clemson work, Mark is probably one of the people that had its hand on it or uh, working on it. I would say, and um, we'll kind of talk about the changing landscape with how sport design and the career field is going for sport in general with the saturation, we use the word saturation in this episode, but um, with the ever diversified positions that are being opened up over these past couple of years, as I'm sure some of you have may have seen so far. Um, and we will also talk a little bit about what his game day stuff looks like, his trip out to Clemson. Uh, we'll also talk about maybe... Maybe you're posting too much. Um, that's something that we kind of talk about, the maybe a little bit of introspection that you need to have as we are getting into these summer months. Uh, does what I am writing maybe need a graphic, or can I just put out a simple video, or can I just put out a picture? I mean, those are some things that you'll ask yourself, and those are some things that we'll discuss in this episode is concerned. Uh, I think we're about an hour with this episode, maybe with some of the cuts that we had to do, which is perfectly fine. Um, so I won't ramble on too long, but we will talk about first off on episode 122 of SID cast with Mark Majewski of the Clemson Tigers and Clemson football and, uh, how his job relates to sports formation right here on SID cast. Yeah, sure. It's uh, 
that could take up the whole 40 minutes, uh, David, if needed to, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, you know, I've been, my role here at Clemson is certainly different than the typical, you know, quote unquote PR sports information background that we all know and love, but um, it's really not so much different than what, um, you know, most of your audience may be really responsible for these days. Um, before my time at, at Clemson, for those who may not know, I worked at Boston College uh, as, a, as an SID. I worked primarily, primarily with our men's hockey program, uh, you know, did some work with football, a couple other sports. But uh, along with that, um, part of my responsibility was to kind of keep an eye on our or and be kind of the uh, purveyor, maintainer of the Boston College brand, um, digitally, socially, uh, print, however we kind of uh, brought ourselves, uh, you know, to the external front. And here at Clemson, they, the, what kind of relates to the sports info part is that obviously a part of, you know, every, everyone's daily, uh, grind is, is maintaining the social channels and, and maintaining a consistent voice and, and keeping up with all of the, the digital collateral and visuals and things of that nature that, you know, need to keep you current in today's, in today's day. And uh, Clemson was one of the first uh, institutions that really went all in on on putting putting the uh, the importance and the onus on the voice of its digital channels and really p- turning the focus of its messaging onto you know either Clemson at Clemson FB which are is its Instagram Twitter Facebook channels or at Clemson Tigers same thing um, and really getting the message and building you know, awareness and hype, uh, and, and all of those things, um, you know, as, as long as like five, six years, four, five, six years ago, uh, Vine actually played a big part of that too, which was, uh, which is pretty funny. RIP yeah. Vine, as we like to say around here, but, um, my role here is, you know, obviously, uh, Clemson is a successful football program with, you know, luckily no signs of slowing. And currently my number one kind of uh daily i guess uh that's what i'm looking for just what i'm essentially responsible for is is making sure that the clemson fb channels are 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 doing what we intend them intend them to be and and we always look at that uh outlet is yes it's informational and yes it's still kind of a news source but the number one way we want to portray the clemson fb channels is as is a recruiting um, tool and a recruiting uh, arm sector, things of that nature, where you're going to get information about the program, but also we we really want to speak to more than just our fan base. We want to show uh, those that what it's like to uh, be a Clemson Tiger, particularly with the football program. And um, that's something that uh, they, they dedicate one to two people with. I am in constant contact with um, Ross Taylor, who is our or primary football SID. So I'm, he and I are in contact all the time. It's kind of a, I wouldn't say a two man team because there's a ton more people involved, but um, in terms of someone that will, might have his ear to the ground a little bit better about the program and, and the ins and outs of what's going on or who to maybe stay away from, who to focus on, he's someone as, as kind of my soundboard. But in terms of, you know, scheduling content plans and what's going out in kind of the dog days of summer, you know, we just had our first days of summer workouts today and to you and I, you know, uh, dudes in, in dry fits might not be the most exciting thing because we're so used to it. But, um, you know, your your rabid fan is, is craving that sort of thing. So it's something that um, you can't take for granted and have to act like it's day one for, for everybody, not just your fan base. And that was just kind of a small glimpse into today and, you know, the late, later part of May. And um, right now, yes, there's a lot of design and digital work as well that I'm responsible for, but uh, kind of being the voice of, of Clemson FB through our, our social media channels is, is what my, I'm mainly responsible for now. And that is essentially the same thing that many uh, others are for, for eight, nine, 11 sports at other types of places, you know? So it's a, it's a lot more of the same, uh, just with a lot more kind of, um, uh, limit not, not limited is not the right word, but a little bit more like a concentrated focus. Yeah, right, right. Yep. Perfect. I should have named this podcast "Dudes and Dry Fits." I love that. Hell yeah! That's, I mean, I got one on right now. So let's go. <laughs> Keep doing it. Um, I want to go back a little bit further in your background here. You kind of gave us just a brief summary of 
what you do and how it relates to SIDs now, now that we've gotten that out of the way for most people. Um, Michigan fan, I know you. So uh, are you from Michigan? Or are you just a Michigan fan? I mean, how, does, how what was your sport background like growing up? I'll tell you what, my, a lot of my Michigan fandom has, has trailed off because uh, I've picked up a lot of Clemson followers, so I try not yeah. to let them <laughs> peek too far into that. But, yes, um, I am I am from Livonia, Michigan, which is a, a suburb of Detroit, about 20, 25 minutes outside the city. Um, moved there in the middle of second grade. I've kind of been around everywhere. I was born in Buffalo. Was, here, here's a good – here's what we okay. can do. I got my Bills Sharpie holder. Moved to Massachusetts um, in like when I was eight. So there's my Red Sox holder, uh, pen holder, and then here is my you know my Michigan alumni with my North my one of my first ever teams, my Northeastern volleyball uh, signature signed by the team, which I've had for about ten years now, and all the ink is starting to miss my job. Neither here nor there. I'm kind of uh, kind of have um, seeds everywhere, but yeah, I graduated from Michigan in '05. Um, you know, I will always. Uh, Always be true to the maize and blue, no matter what happens. No matter if John Beeline goes to the pros or if John Harbaugh stays around for thirty years and wins four games. As, as frustrated as that may be, I will always be a. I, I love working for the Clemson Tigers. Always will be a Clemson Tiger, but but uh, to my core, it is definitely uh, definitely maize and blue for sure. When we last talked to you, uh, I remember this vividly because you were trying, you really wanted to leave the interview so you could go play some hockey. So what's it like being a hockey <laughs> fan down in South Carolina? Well, I, I could say the exact same sentence. The only, the, I'll substitute the word hockey for golf right now. There's a lot of that going on because there is not a puck, stick, uh, rink, or any of the uh, necessities for hockey really anywhere uh, close to here. There is the... The East Coast uh, Hockey League team, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, of course. Um, got got a got a shout out to the Swamp Rabbits. I've yet to go to a game. It's been uh, the schedules have been a little bit tough to coordinate, but um, yeah, it's it's been tough, man. Um, it's been fun watching the Bruins. I think it's gonna be a good uh, Stanley Cup final for sure. But it's been um, it has. I'll tell you, it's I've missed just the working with a hockey team is unlike anything else. Like it's it, it, that just the culture of the guys and just the just the way they are, the way they conduct themselves. And that just kind of like, you know, it's, they're business oriented, but they're just, they're just a group of dudes that are just genuinely good people, you know? And, um, I, I certainly miss like the culture and working with coach York, who's, uh, you know, I call him the coach K of college hockey winningest of all time, just extended his contract, no signs of slowing down with him. And, um, I definitely miss that part. So, uh, I, I still follow my college hockey from afar. I still, follow all their accounts and, and have somehow made uh, managed to stay in all their email blasts. So I'm, I, I know, I still know what's going on a little bit more than people might realize. Guys, just real quick, before we get back to today's episode, I want to tell you about our new show sponsor, Presto Sports. Presto Sports and New Blue recently announced a strategic partnership to launch an innovative new sports streaming solution. With a shared vision to support the video demands of college and university SIDs, Presto Sports and New Blue are making it possible for one person to run a full-scale sports production. You can learn more, guids at prostosports.com slash SIDcast. Now, let's get back to today's conversation. Well, um, I, I, for some reason, now that we're talking, I'm picking up on bits and pieces in my memory of what we talked about last time. One thing you did talk about was the culture of hockey um, and how much you you enjoyed that. And like you mentioned, you showed me the uh, Red Sox pencil holders. So yeah. Boston College, uh, what was it like leading up to that? I mean, what were some SID duties, jobs that you held prior to working with the Eagles or maybe yeah. working with the Eagles in general? Man, I'd almost have to pull my resume because it's it's a pretty winding road. Um, it's it's a unique one, one that I'm very grateful for because, I, and I always tell people I think it's important to get gain perspectives um, from different places. If if you are afraid of taking a job or or throwing yourself in a situation you don't know, I always say that it is scary at first, but in the end, you're going to come out I think much better for it. So, long story short. Um, as I mentioned, I was a Michigan grad, and let's just say I, I went to uh, went to public, uh, excuse me, private school through high school, and going to school in Michigan was my first time in public school with females. And just let's just say um, I, I was used to the Catholic school life, and I was like, oh, this is what this is what college life is like, and, and had myself a pretty good little time. Uh, and then uh, you know, 
junior senior year started to roll around. I was like, oh man, we got to kind of start getting serious about about life here. And uh, I, I got an internship later than uh, I probably would have hoped. I think it was either my junior or senior. I can't quite remember uh, with the marketing department in Michigan. And it just it, it was it was a great experience, but just didn't necessarily jive with me uh, and kind of the things I felt I was good at my skill set and. Uh, one big thing I picked up from that, and it's something I like to relay on to a lot of people, is that you kind of got to try or find out what you're not, what you don't like before you Absolutely. find out what you do. And uh, that was a pretty good, um, uh, you know, like opening of my eyes to that kind of uh, cliche, if you will. So I went to Wayne State, uh, which is in downtown Detroit, to get my master's in sports administration. And the reason I wanted to go to that program is instead of doing a thesis or something like that, we had to do a uh, like a long 500-hour apprenticeship, internship, something like that. And um, I was fortunate enough to get hooked up with the director of marketing. So we're still in marketing. So this okay. is so stay with me here. With the U.S. Nat, this is where my hockey uh, kind of start came, and it was kind of very random. The U.S. National Hockey, uh, U.S. National Team Development Program, in and it was based in Ann Arbor. It's now currently in Plymouth, Michigan, but it was in Ann Arbor before. So I was like, well, that's a nice short little drive. So I took an opportunity with them throughout the year with the director of marketing guy by the name of Andy Madden. Haven't talked to him forever. If he's listening, what's up, Andy? Mad dog, been a long time. But what I learned was the responsibilities and things that I was doing. I was like, this isn't this is a little different than my last kind of opportunity. It was more of like a PR based sort of thing. I remember, I'm pretty sure the first assignment I ever did was I had to make uh, US versus like Finland, like flyers to hang up in the ice cube. That was what the arena was called, um, like in PowerPoint. Uh-huh. And that was like my first intro to design. There you go. Just uh, diagonal logos in PowerPoint is pretty sweet. So I remember that being kind of my first things, but I just remember being more uh, in tune with the, with the, the team and the coaches and, and dealing with stats and and things like this is what I wanted to do. This is how I wanted to work. This is what I wanted my involvement in sports to be. And it kind of flourished from there. Um, after I finished my master's in that, in that internship at USA, I went on to the Illinois weird, Junior yeah. Golf yeah. Association. So we're getting we're getting to the, the weeds here. But real weird, dude. Don't no doubt. In good old Lamont, Illinois. And um, to this day, I've loved every opportunity to this. I'm a huge golf guy. I love to golf. To this day, being able to I, – and I love Chicago. I was in, lived in Naperville. My job was essentially to drive a two-hour radius like every day, Monday through Friday, to basically just go hang out at – amazing golf courses uh around the state of illinois um and just eat for free and it's just just freaking awesome right um but i was like the sports information director uh if you will for that essentially i was writing recaps and kind of keeping their website up to date i mean is old school wordpress as i can remember i have this picture somewhere on facebook where you like i've got my earrings in you can see me like looking just like a complete idiot looking at this like computer that looks like it's from 1944 uh on this just god awful like looking website and it's like man we've, we've come a long way but um you know i thought that that was going to have me ready for some like big time it was like a three-month internship i thought it was gonna have me ready for some big time uh you yeah. know like all right let's go work it let's go work at texas let's go we're ready to go to usc like you know some big time university of sports info given that's what i thought i wanted to do and naturally that wasn't the case no, you're and good. I'm just i kind of if i'm going long here Please feel free to cut me off, but I, all right, I will try and keep this story quick. So I was out on the golf course, and I had blanketed, as many do at that stage of life. I was probably 20, who knows, 22, 23 or something. And I had yeah. blanketed my – I honestly uh, applied to so many places, I pretty much forgot where I had applied to. You know what I mean? So I get a call. I'm out on, the, I'm out on a golf cart driving down, and I, I kid you not – there was like a lawnmower, you know, cutting the the, the course as, as I'm out there. And I pick up as like the, the motor or something turned back on. And it was like super, super loud. Long story short, Ben Mitchell, if you're listening, I think he knows this, but if not, oh, well. I literally didn't know who I was talking to the entire interview because I couldn't, I didn't hear it at first. And I went, I went on for about an hour with Skittles St. Francis University of Pennsylvania in Loretto, PA. If any of you all have heard about that, it's D1 in the Northeast Conference, NEC Pride, Red Flash Pride for sure. 
And that was my first foray into, you know, the collegiate landscape. I actually, weirdly, was someone who worked yeah. with, at the IJGA, got thrust into being the football contact, believe it or not. Um, talk about baptism by fire. Uh, and the reason why was because St. Francis was kind of known as a basketball school. They had a great women's program uh, and still do, if I'm not mistaken. Um and a lot of their focus on that season was taken away by football, which was at the, you know, one double A level at that time. And they wanted to bring someone in just to kind of offset that workload, whether someone experienced or not. Obviously I was not very experienced. Having said that it was fantastic. Now, granted, I took the job completely blind. Uh, it was a year long internship for, did not make a dime doing it. Um, completely free is fully for experience. Um, and I, I remember thinking that, when I did, again, I kept looking it up and I was like, where is this place? And I remember when I was driving there, I thought it was kind of close to Pittsburgh. I remember driving, it's pouring rain. I'm going to this gig blind. And this is when you had the GPS mounted on your windshield. This is before your phone did it. And it's like, you know, I'm seeing all these Pittsburgh signs and radio stations. Like, all right, cool. We can, we can do Pittsburgh. Why not? Not that far from, from Livonia. And uh, it's like my GPS, I go, turn right. And I go 67 miles down Route 22, right into the Allegheny Mountains. I was like, what in the hell have I gotten myself into? Um, but uh, that opportunity matured me very quickly. Um, I called that I was kind of off the grid for a year. And it's where I was able to really just hunker down, um, not really distracted by anything. Um, ben Mitchell is someone who... To this day, I think is one of the most talented designers that sadly probably not too many people know about, um, but he is incredible. And he is one of the people that I owe uh, a good amount of my career to just because some of the stuff he was doing back then will, would hold up today, if not surpass many. Um, the king of layout, the king of topography, the king of vector, and I owe a lot of, uh, of what um, I know today to him. And he taught me in working alongside with him, I, I learned that that media guide layout. I mean, this is this is way, but this is definitely before Twitter was a thing. So, this is when I learned, like, you know, I'm in the process here of uh, putting together a prospect list for for uh, uh, something we have here, and I'm laying that stuff out in InDesign just because that's what I like to do. I learned that those sorts of things were what I really enjoyed about the industry was was the the uh, the publication stuff, the just the anything visual, anything that was portraying something that wasn't in a press release, if you will. And um, with that, I, I learned a very good amount, moved on to Syracuse for a full-time internship in my first, uh, um, you know, we're in the Power Five, if you will, uh, started with the women's, they started their women's ice hockey program that year, Megan Skelly, first goal, nine seconds into the program, I was like, this is amazing, it was crazy, I'll never forget. Um, and that was great, and did kind of tried to keep elevating my design there. Uh, and then as I, there's a lot of anecdotes along these stories. I'm trying to move it along. But my first uh, first opportunity after Syracuse to Northeastern University, um, you know, in Boston, which is where I'd lived as a kid. Uh, loved Boston. I had family there. Still still miss Boston. Worked in Northeastern for or for four years before going down ComAF to BC. I worked with, excuse me, worked with the hockey program at Northeastern, the men's team there. Uh, to take over uh, the men's team at BC and do uh, a lot, kind of elevate some of their visual branding and, and design work. And, and here we are today on May 22nd in, uh, in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really crazy to kind of see how it's, it's all kind of come to this, getting thrown in the fire in late July last year to, you know, have it all culminating in a national championship on January 7th. Really, really crazy to look back. And I, I still, we're, we're, we're getting to the summer here, and I still, like, haven't really looked back and appreciated just how cool it was, how fortunate I was. Um, just what an incredible experience for both myself and everyone that I've worked with. Um, you know, Clemson's used to winning. They did it before. You know, I know, I know they, they look to do it again, but um, – I, I really picked up a lot and learned a lot at each stop along my way. And um, whether it was how to work with student athletes, how to work with coaches, how to work with your coworkers, um, how to work and wear a ton of different hats at small schools in the middle of the mountains to being focused on just one or two things at a place like Syracuse or, or BC. Um, and to me, that has really helped me be a multitasker and a grinder and trying to be a, a blue collar 
type worker because a lot of those in a lot of those places I worked at, you just didn't have an option but to bust your ass and get it done. And um, I'm very grateful for those opportunities and everyone that gave me a chance along the way. Um, and for those that gave me a chance to come down here and, and, and see what Clemson's all about um, and, and help guide some of the most, you know, some of the most successful innovators on the digital scene. And uh, just, I learn something new from these guys every day. And sometimes I have to pinch myself as to how fortunate I am um, just working with a, a, a forward thinking, inclusive, um, just great group of guys and girls. And uh, it's, it's great, man. It's definitely been different, not working as directly as the student athletes as, as I'm used to, although that's starting to change a bit and that part's great. Um, but, but, it's all kind of come into um, just this really, really cool, unique opportunity here. Yeah, I'd say so. It sounds like it. Um, I want to kind of look back and let's prepare some other SIDs here for a second that are young in their career, maybe just starting their new career in sports information, or maybe not quite sure what where to go with this. Sure. Um, how would you have prepared yourself? Like you said, uh, back in college, you got an internship a little bit later than you had liked. Mm -hmm. um, and how did you kind of select and – I don't want to say like kind of like pick and choose things that you've liked and culminated them into a uh, career in sport. All right. Let's see um, what you're asking. Kind of what advice I would give right these days right now. To mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that's a great question. Um, this answer would probably be, and I don't have a, a fully formed answer just yet, but this answer would certainly be different probably, um, you know, 10 years ago. What I would say is that, Things are in such a state of flux, in such a state of transition right now. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen more jobs posted in sports ever than I have the, today. Um, basically, what is happening is there's always going to be a need for PR people. The, the, I, I don't like using the word traditional SID because I think some people take that the wrong way. But the folks that are putting together note packets and getting to shoot around and talking with Jay Billis and talking with Jay Williams and talking with Allison Williams for a for a, you know a Duke NC State game or something of that nature, you're always as long as those games are on TV, there's always going to be a need for that role, and there's always going to be a need for um, you know uh, a liaison to some really big time programs that are always going to be in the spotlight. And I encourage people um, that still think that that is, uh, I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. What I do think um, is important to keep an eye on is how teams and programs um, portray themselves. Um, obviously within the tools are given. And, and I think you're going to things, I think back to what I was doing five years ago and I try and always think like five years down the road, what will things look like? I have no holy idea. And I don't think anyone else does either. I think that there will, it could be just the same. Um, but I find that hard to believe. But what, what one of the bigger things now is, is that um, to get, we are, I've said this before in, in a couple other things I've spoken in and, I mean, we are so much more part of the recruiting and, I mean, honestly, winning process than, than ever before. And coaches and ADs and whomever else will get any edge they can, um, you know, from a recruiting standpoint. And what a lot of programs are doing is they'll not only have – I'm kind of speaking I, – I don't – I apologize for speaking more on the, like uh, power five-ish larger end of the spectrum, but I think this applies throughout – um, but you see a lot of programs not only having an SID uh, or whatever you want to call them, but also having like its own social brand manager. And that's kind of what I'm doing here at Clemson, kind of. I wouldn't say wholeheartedly. I'm not traveling with them everywhere. Um, I'm sitting in Death Valley when we're, you know, at uh, – I went back to the D.C. game, which was great, and I went to the Dallas and, and to the National Championship, which was awesome. But for me, I can do my job just as good, um, you know, here as when they're on the road. But you're, there's a lot of folks that are gaining opportunities to tell the story um, of respective programs and be part of the team. You are essentially on that staff for the most part. And that's both a really awesome, exhilarating opportunity, but also a little scary, too, because sometimes if it doesn't work out, you might not be sticking around. But what you're seeing is, is these people are getting hired to, to be the window, the voice, 
to a demographic that coaches in 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 those that are trying to just win to that group of of, of young prospective student athletes there are still people that are are looking at your website and looking at your game recaps i mean i know some people might roll their eyes at that but but there there is a there is a market for that there is a need for that um you still need a historical uh documentation database and whatever that may look like but what's happening is is like it's hard to train people. Some people are instead of fully transitioning to just digital, digital, digital graphics, video, blah, this, that, and the other thing, and, and living everything through its social platforms on the on the digital scene. They're almost having kind of you're having both your your traditional PR staff and um, you know a digital, however you want to label it, staff. We label ourselves as, as a. Um, uh, uh, creative solutions. So that that involves a lot of different things. We've kind of, instead of pinning ourselves into a, the video people or the graphics people or the ticket design people, we, we try and do a little bit of everything. And on the flip side of that, to get back to your advice question is, there is room for people to do a little bit of everything. And I encourage everyone to do that. But also there are needs for staff photographers, for, for videographers, for motion designers, for uh, for graphics folks, for, for videographers, all these sorts of things. I do worry that there's these jobs are exploding. Again, I can't believe how many are out there. But and that's and that's great. That's fantastic for the industry. I do hope that it doesn't become too oversaturated. And everyone's gonna start looking at each other in four or five years and be like, do we really need a motion designer for the basketball program? I, I don't know. Maybe you will, maybe there's gonna be for motion designers, I have no idea. I think it's hard to predict that sort of uh, trend. Um, but right now, there are so many different things you can do um, to get involved. And there's so many departments out there. So now getting to the smaller end of the scale in terms of just um, from a resource standpoint, um, there's so many folks out there that might not have the know-how um, from a from like a... Um, I don't like to say design, but like just think any sort of creative cloud um, or, or any of those types of programs, your Photoshop's, your, your illustrators, your InDesign's, your After Effects, your Premiere's, all those sorts of things that are definitely have overtaken Microsoft Office. But but basically the the folks that, that have the um, the know-how in, in those programs versus a, a much maybe more of a skilled expertise in Microsoft Office. And you can... There are people looking for help in any way, shape, or form. There's going to be lots of times it's it's not going to be paid. Um, I did that myself, and I think that that you learn a lot of values that way without worrying about how much you're getting paid hourly. I think that if if it's something you really want to do and something that you um, are very passionate about at, at a young age or not a young age, and have the the hunger and, and knowledge to um, involve yourself. Uh, on how things are trending uh, and how we communicate now as, as collegiate athletic departments. There's, there are so many opportunities, both in an official capacity where people are hiring and in and, and the not official capacity where like, oh my gosh, we would love for you to just come take pictures of practice and get them out there. Like there's so many people that don't even have that simple luxury. Like, yeah, there's people that have their phones and most people, but like, honestly, like the, one of the things that, I'm so grateful for here at Clemson is like the equipment we have is incredible. And I don't think people realize that how much of a difference that really does make. Just even having a simple camera that's like maybe a little bit more advanced than an iPhone that's able to zoom better or capture some video, like just doing that and getting some reps. It's all about getting reps, get reps, get reps, get reps. You're, I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to Premiere. I am literally like, it's like I've just opened Microsoft Excel for the first time and I'm, I'm, it's the one like major um, Adobe program I'm trying to kind of get better in. Um, and it's humbling, man. Like, you know, I can, I, I know my, know, know my way around the, the other platforms pretty well, but that one I'm like, whew, I just never really had a, a reason to. And, and with how much video need there is, um, I'm freaking 36 years old. And then I'm, I'm feel like I'm a kindergarten again, going, going into premiere. And it's great. Like I, I love the challenge. Um, it's frustrating. It makes me feel like a, like a dummy sometimes. I'm like, I can't believe like there's like, I know all the buttons and, and placements, of these other things, but just familiarizing, I, I, you can either, I encourage you to try a little bit of everything, 
But once you figure out whether you like video or you like maybe motion design or, or typography or layout or print design, really hone in on those things um, and try not to pigeonhole yourself. Get a little taste of everything, but but you're probably not going to be doing a job of all four, five, six of those you know major outlets. Like maybe you will. Um, there are places that do have a need for that, but but to really hone in on a craft that you feel comfortable with that mm-hmm. that you enjoy the most in telling that story. All of the things that I mentioned are an avenue of doing that, um, just in different capacities. And it's it is amazing, amazing, amazing seeing what people are putting out there. Just the the, the capabilities um, and know how that people have on on, on all these platforms and, and what they're doing and the digital transformation is is remarkable. To kind of sum up what you were saying, it's, I, I think like in the beginning, especially in college, maybe early on in your career, diversify yourself a little bit. Um, and then as you're kind of going through, finally honing in on what you enjoy um, and really working with a career as far as that, like for, like for me, mm-hmm. my I love cross country. I love track. Sure. You know what my job was at the 2016 National Championship? Enlighten. I handed out trash bags. There you go. Those are, I don't those care. I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, you had to do whatever you got to do. Sure. And um I think that that's kind of what you were getting at there for, for a little bit. Um, yeah. I want to talk about the, your communication staff and your, well, communication with them. Um, sure. How have you kind of worked on that relationship? How can others work on relationships, not just with sport creative in general, maybe they have a creative services. Like for us, um, we have to work with our creative services across campus. I mean, what does sure. that look like for you? Boy, that's a loaded question. That's a loaded question for I, I guarantee you everyone else across the board because it's just it's every system in place is different. Um, I don't want to out him too much, but we I don't want to break any news here. But we had we have a great great relationship with our communication staff because we had someone from um, our creative staff actually move over uh, into kind of that head role, and that's and that's going to be beneficial for mm-hmm. all of us. Who has a who has a know how of of what things are important and what to highlight and and how to be smarter? Um, what I think our relationship is, we we really are trying to work with them more on just like just keep the communication lines open for emergency sorts emergency sorts of situations and successes of teams and, and things of that nature, but really work with them on what what are the what are priority needs off the bat before the season start what are things that we can help put together for you that that we're able to hand off to you so you can handle it, whether it is templated stuff i i hate templated stuff but it's an it's a necessary evil um you know it's it's something that by three quarters of the way your season you're like oh i've already seen this stuff and and yeah like you can do one-offs and change things up and, and things of that nature but but from a just a getting it off your desk sort of thing. Those are things that you need. And what are some some low-level wins that we can get for both you and and to help build a relationship with our coaches and student-athletes? Um, and those are things that come up on a daily basis. Like what, if, if things are, I say slower, which is not generally the case, but even for a time like right now, like like what sorts of things can we do to to help you – accomplish something that maybe you're not able to do that is going to help you increase help both increase the relationship with the SID and coach but also us working directly with that team and coach to to build that like our department is somewhat new um so how can we kind of build stock and and uh trust in ourselves for coaches and and things of that nature to to work with us more on a a one-on-one basis um it's definitely um each sport and program is, is unique and different. And um, I, I think that you're going to get that everywhere. Every coach is different. Every coach has different values, has different uh, sets of priorities. Um, and that's obviously the same way here. Um, I'm trying to think just for instance, you know, like our baseball program is a good example. Um, where Brian Hennessy, who's a freaking vet in the game, dudes, <laughs> dudes, the man, um, you know, he's very good at getting us a, a, a hefty list beforehand. Um, a lot of it has to do with like our photo shoot day um, or days, if you will. But what those, why we're going to take some of the, the photos and videos, 
what he wants them to go into, um, what sorts of things to be on the lookout for um, as the season goes on, what are his immediate needs, what are his needs, should they go to the postseason, what are his needs for the draft. Like, instead of just being like, oh, dude, I forgot I need this by, like, that just doesn't, that doesn't get you anybody anywhere. Um, and by now, yeah, there's going to be some folks starting out in communications, whatever, that, that may not understand how cyclical things can be. Um, but for a staff that's been here for a bit, and there's been some turnover, but we still got some great people in here, really knowing the calendar and being able to accomplish the things that you know you're going to need. There's always going to be those days where freaking nine things go awry and you just, you just, you're like, your, your hair is on fire. Well, hair not in my department, but your hair is on fire and just like so many random things kind of popped up. Like that's just inevitable. That's just how it's going to go. Um, but there are ways to curb that ahead of time by by being smart and diligent about what your needs are. A lot of times people are just are, and we try and do this with our SADs, are just doing graphics to do graphics or doing this to do this. That's just not, that is just not the case anymore. At least I don't think so. Um, they are important and establishing a visual brand and identity sure is important to to you know, relate to your fan bases and, 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 and just establish that, that connection. But there, I mean, from Clemson FB today, like, yeah, we, uh, Carly Goff or, or one of our GAs who's in street, extremely talented, put together a 17 second mm -hmm. video recap of, of the first day. And I put out 12 photos. I don't need freaking crazy graphics. I don't need this and that. Like a lot of times things are overthought because they see something else out there. It's like, Oh, Oh crap. I got to do that. Like not a, not necessarily. If you're able to tell the story in in as direct and succinct a way as possible, do it. It's it it it's accomplishing the same thing. And oftentimes, um, people, SID designers, digital, everyone gets lost in the muck and and tries to overcomplicate things. When when you boil it down, the 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 story, the the, the ultimate part of our job, whether you're the 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 women's soccer SID or the social person for Clemson FB or whatever, the, the bottom line is, is still telling the story and still selling the program. And that is, that's not going anywhere that as long as we are employed and have jobs to me, that's going to be the bottom line in whatever capacity you're working. Um, I look at, I think of designers like Sammy Silverman, who, who, who was at Ohio state or uh, who I, who is a Michigan guy killed. That's how much, how good I think he is. Like people like him who are just these, wildly talented artists and designers and have established this just unrecognized unre uh, what's the opposite of unrecognized i'm trying to think of like the other extreme of unrecognizable just this most like incredible yeah, identity brand identity but in the end like what's that very mm -hmm. renowned yes since all of those all those things he's still telling the story of the program in the end that's what he's doing uh he's and he's doing it in a very unique relatable uh, to to the younger, I think demographic, but it's but it's done in a way um, that is it is unique to him and to to the program he works for. Um, and I would kill for his skill set. I think any of us would kill for someone's someone's just talent and and just to crawl inside their brain and see how they think. But that's just not the case. That's that's how he functions, and that's how he tells his story. Um, there are many many ways. There's it's becoming an endless soup of ways that you can tell your story because of how many different options and platforms there are now. And um, I think trying to come tie this together full circle is working with the communications departments on and the, excuse me, and the coaches themselves as to what things are important in their program, what sorts of things they want to highlight um, who are they? Obviously, recruits are the number one thing they're trying to get to. But what other sorts of um, uh, constituents are they trying to reach? Uh, is it alums? Is it just the community? Is it all of the above? And how can we do our best to support your goals and, and support um, the things that are important to you while not making it be extremely overwhelming? And uh, really just trying to be smart and keep those communications line open. That's such a cliche thing. But that is that is super super important. I know that went roundabout in a ton of ways as I usually do, but hopefully that kind of sort of answered your question. You're good. You actually knocked out a couple of my questions here. I was going to ask Beautiful. you something about a kind of you mentioned earlier about purposing your social, and I was seeing 
how could other people do that? Because like you had said, I wholeheartedly agree with you that people are just putting out graphics and stuff just to check off a box or just for the yep. sake of doing it. Cause I hate to, oh, I'll, I'll screw it. Last week I had to write a, uh, a release for our two athletes who are going to be running next week. Mm-hmm. I was just going to throw out a picture of Nathan and a picture of hope. No big mm-hmm. deal. Uh, all of a sudden we had to have a graphic for it. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, maybe quickly, how can people who one kind of realize that they're doing this? I mean, how, how hard is it for them to break out of that mindset and how can they scale that back a bit? Oh boy. That's a great question. I mean, that's a great question. And I, if I had the answer to that, uh, the, like the, the, the actual answer, I, I, I'd be sitting on my own <laughs> island somewhere, I think. Um, cause well, if you can't. honestly, dude, because to be perfectly honest with you, it's only getting worse. Um, it, it's going in the opposite direction, unfortunately. And it really, really does take trust and education, um, and all of those sorts of words to help show those that you're trying to work with and appease for lack of a better term, that a, a lot of times those things just there, there are times where they are necessary. Okay. They are. Um, but just because you see someone in your conference or one of your competitors do something that you think is, looks cool or is like, Oh my gosh, why aren't we doing that? You need to ask yourself if, if we do something just like Utah state or whatever, and if you're, I don't know, whatever. I'm just, I always throw random <laughs> schools out. I can never think of a good counter, but like, does, does what they're doing is what Utah state's long jump, um, NCAA qualifier graphic is, is if we do that for Colorado state or whomever, is that, is that how much of the needle is that going to move? Um, and it's hard to Coaches aren't thinking like that, and and nor should we expect them to. Um, their 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 focus is on other things, and their focus is on how can the people that work with me help me, and and that ultimately is one of our jobs as well. But um, there's so many people that are obviously stretched thin, and it's and there's only so many hours in the day, and trying to what I what I think will help offset that is <clears throat> putting together a a a plan ahead of time just to avoid the situations where it's like, no, no, photos aren't going to work. Got to be a graphic. It's like, well, hold on. What did we, what did we talk about beforehand? What are the, what are the um, maybe parameters we talked about that, that warrants a graphic. And even saying that to me is, it's just makes my head hurt. Like it just sounds so stupid, but it's mm-hmm. hopefully something that helps offset the, the problem that, that is very real. Um, I, I, in all seriousness, like I do have genuine concern as, as where does it all end? Um, and we're, excuse, we're not, where does it all end, but where does it all go? Um, and how does the toothpaste is out of the tube on this one, man? Like there's, there's, there's no real going back. It's just, it's now just how to be smarter and how to, to, um, really now that people I think are starting to gain a better understanding as to how they want to portray themselves in an identity. Not, I mean, there are some folks out there that everything I see them do is a graphic, as a graphic, 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 graphic. I'm like, and, and it's great because they've, that's just how they're, they're structured. Some people aren't structured for that. Some people might be structured just to tell, um, you know, 18 second video snippets. That's fine too. Um, you, there's only so many people out there currently, and that's why there's so many jobs because there's such a, a, a need for these types of folks. Um, but everyone's skill set is different. And if if your coach is coming to you and you're, you need a graphic and that's not your strong suit, it's like, coach, like, hey, me putting out a graphic that, that might not be the good might honestly do the – it might it, – it's not going to help you. A, a really good photo or, or, or something that might just be color treated a little bit or, or – put, you know, just framed in a way, like, honestly, I think can go um, much longer way than a, than a half-assed graphic. That's just not someone's skill set. And not that that's their fault. It's just kind of the way it is. Um, and it's, it's a hard, hard question to answer just because we are so far past that, um, 
that threshold and uh, kind of trying to reel it all back in is what I think, you know, reel it back in is a bad way of putting it, but how can we, how can we better serve the folks that have these needs without just being at, at everyone's beck and call 24 um, seven? I don't have a good answer to that, but hopefully I think putting together a plan ahead of time, sitting down with your coaches or your captains or, or those that whomever and be like, listen, how can, how can we, what is your vision? What are the things that you want to see? And don't just tell me you want to see what X, Y, and Z is doing because we're not trying to do what X, Y, Z is doing. We're trying to do what A, B, and C is doing. And I put the onus on 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 people that are listening to to make that admission of theirs, to not worry what everyone's doing, but to worry about what your values and your your voice and your mission and your goals are. Because I guarantee you it's different than what everyone else is doing. Unfortunately, Yes, we are constricted the parameters of, of a few social media platforms and, and uh, you know, uh, the tools that we use. Um, but creativity and, and, uh, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I just blanked, boy. Uh, you can cut that if you want. I'm just trying to think, like, creativity and just like a, a, a sense of understanding and trying to get everyone on the same page, I think will ahead of time will really, really go a long way. One more thing. I, I like to, um, I like to ask students. I don't, I know. I, I don't like to ask coaches 100%. because like you said, they're always going to say yes. You know, they're always going to be like, Oh yeah, absolutely. And then all, our athletes are going to do the same thing. I just like, I like mm-hmm. asking students. I like asking people sometimes, Mark, I was literally in line for lunch one day out at, God, I don't even know where the hell I was, but um, I just turned to the woman. I said, you like this? Will this kind of go with what you're hoping? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I think yeah. gathering that information might help out at least a smaller level and even at the larger level too, I would say. Um, yeah. Well, we've touched on a lot of topics here so far. Um, and I think there are a lot of great topics. You've already knocked out a couple of my questions. Um, I want to move on to something, switch gears here a little bit. And you've kind of nonchalantly threw in the national championship in there. But um, what, yeah. I do it, yeah. what does game day look like for you, at least from your department standpoint? You're shaking your head. That's not Incredible. good. No, no. I'm tra- shaking my head of just how uh-huh. surreal it was. Like surreal. Like it almost didn't happen. Uh, and when I say it almost didn't happen, it's – you plan, you plan, you plan, you plan, and then all of a sudden, you're you're back, you're back at your car, at Clemson. Uh, two days later, two and a half days later, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, it goes back to my planning uh, portion that I was talking about. I had probably a seven eight page content plan and trying to lay everything out um, to a T as to what sorts of things we wanted to go out when, where how all that sorts of stuff. The thing that you have to keep in mind is that nothing right, yeah. ever goes according to plan, right? So to build a plan that's that's fluid and and um, kind of accounts for certain things that, that uh, are just not going to go the way you think they are. But game day, man, it's crazy. Uh, the, the Cotton Bowl, which is which was our semifinal game, um, that, that trip was incredible. Uh, the folks at the Cotton Bowl, man – they know how they know how to throw a freaking party and a football game. They're just just great hospitality, uh, Southern charm, all that sort of stuff. AT and T Stadium is is unbelievable. They need to have it. The, there are New Orleans every year, I think, but AT and T is an incredible facility. But we were there for about eight days. We spent Christmas down there. I mean, it was a. I mean, it was a. It was a long trip. the The national championship weirdly seemed almost more like a true road game uh, than. The, the Cotton Bowl was our bowl trip, if you will, even though it was a, one of the national semifinals. Like, you know, we got to do some really cool things, whereas San Francisco or uh, the Bay Area, if you will, I mean, that was that was a business trip. I and mean, we weren't there for nearly as long. But, you know, game day um, consisted of, of, of just riding out our content plan and, and trying to um, not do – as things let up, like not do too, too, too much to like stretch ourselves completely thin where we're not like taking it in. But, you know, once the game is over, I could have tweeted a picture of this yeah. pen with a purple cap and it, it, people would have loved it. You know, like nothing was too, after winning um, anything and everything we could get our hands on, 
pictures, two-second videos, literally anything. Quote tweeting uh, former players, anything that we saw, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. Um, like those folks that you see, the, hey, our social media team is going to enjoy this one too, close for the night. Like that's in, that's insane. Like, yeah, like you want to go party and hang out too, no, no doubt. I'm Listen, I'm number one in line to freaking party. But um, you got a job to do. And – you know, that the after the game once probably so you gotta keep in mind it was probably mm, nine thirty ish West Coast time. I mean so it was it was pretty late back, you know, in the you know, cross country. But so we kinda shut it down after I mean, the amount of stuff we pumped out. I mean, we probably probably had about However, whatever we did on Instagram with our story, whatever, how many galleries and video posts we put on Facebook, however many tweets we had, whatever the website we built, we we have this incredible platform with WMT, um, the the just the visual recap we put together. Um, I, I'm so proud of everyone that was involved. It, it, it was a, a lot of work, um, but it didn't seem like that much work just because of how much planning was 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 involved and and how professional everyone was on their accord and just just the execution um it's it was incredible man one of the things that clemson really prides itself on and i think a lot of people don't quite understand it's how much trust and faith we put in our gas and our interns and our students it's like hey you're here you helped get us here now i'll go but now you're here in in uh, santa clara and i'll get out there and keep doing what you've been doing and and we rely on that and and they they all killed it and um and and really helped benefit uh our office as a whole, but, but, but more importantly, Clemson and the football program. And, uh, but it's crazy, man. You're, you're sitting in that media room. You, you, you hunt out a place where 10, 12 of you can sit where there's good Wi-Fi or a hard line, good view at the TV. We're not in the press box We're we're, uh, kind of try. we were kind of in the main media area, but, uh, we were watching the game on TV like everyone else and, and acting, uh, reacting just like everyone else was, man. It, it, it was crazy that that pick six on their, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, they forced a three and out. I was like, oh, boy. And then uh, they got the ball and then A.J. Trail pick six. I was like, holy hell, this is uh, – we're off and running. So it was it was crazy, man. Um, an incredible experience. Um, just just so great to see the guys' reactions and, then, uh, and just be a part of that, man. It was awesome. Sounds like you've had a hell of a first year. It, it, it's not even over yet, but we have, man. We sure have. We sure have. Yep. Still got uh, baseball. One thing I'm going to miss about Division Two is the uh, calendar because I'm all done. There you go. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if I asked you any of these questions the first time around. I usually ask some people some quick questions here at the end. Um, other than the national championship, if it is, don't worry about it. Uh, favorite okay. memory of your professional tenure? Man, I've got some good ones. Um that's a great question. Um, one of the ones I always kind of look back on that's just really cool to me is, is being able to, I mean, be with this tiny little kid from just outside Philly, Johnny Gaudreau, and helping him through when he won the Hobie Baker campaign and, and watching someone who just lit the fr- lit college hockey on fire. And let's be serious. College hockey is not the most followed sport. Uh, it's a very niche sport. Um, but it's, it's got a diehard fan base for those that do follow. And and everyone's like, this kid's too small. They're going to be doubting him. He, he's literally – he can't be more than 140 pounds. And to this day, he's probably put a little bit on. But uh, he literally looks like a nine – looked like a nine-year-old boy out there. And just watching him skate circles around these grown-ass men and, and win the Hobie uh, w- without, without a doubt. And watching his professional career flourish as the same – just diminutive, shifty little dude, just just making it look easy out there. That is something that uh, was really cool to me. Being there at Syracuse, um, Megan Skelly scored eight eight or nine seconds in the first ever game in program history. I was like, oh my god, that's that was really really cool. Um, that part was was awesome to me. Um, winning the uh, winning the bean pot with BC, I had worked at. Uh, Northeastern. Northeastern has finally finally ended their streak. Nineteen eighty eight. They've actually won it the past two years now, which which is awesome. As a former hockey SID at Northeastern and, and close with their current coach, love seeing them win. But me, I never won in Northeastern. Winning my first, <laughs> my like I did a damn thing to deserve it. But 
helping helping uh, you know being part of the run at bc for the first bean pot was was so so cool um you know the frozen fours i've been to the frozen fours i've worked um but uh i'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything excuse me in particular this this past year i mean man just just uh just just uh Jonathan Gant, who's, who's my boss now, taking me on the field for the first time um, during the South Carolina game. The first time I really got, because we're working so much during the game, he's like, we got to get you out of here. And, and taking me to field level in Death Valley at night against their their blood rival against South Carolina and just seeing like just what just what we do like is is really all about. It, um, it's crazy. It was crazy just to see. I, and I have – God knows how many photos and videos of my phone that I'll, that I'll have forever uh, just from seeing the sheer insanity and just how cool and passionate it was. Um, I've got a lot, man. I've got a lot to be thankful for. And um, it, uh, I don't have just one. Johnny winning the Hobie is special to me. Um, but, uh, man, all the other ones there are pretty close up there. In your mind, what traits or characteristics make a good SID as a former SID? Yeah. Um, Boy, I think, let's see, what traits make a good SID? Um, willingness to listen, willingness to learn, um, willingness to, um, a lot of SIDs do things they don't want to do. Uh, and, and when I say that, I mean, you're you're gonna a back to back double header or something. You got to flip something over from the night before your your game got over eleven thirty, and you have a three o'clock game the next day. Like having the ability just to freaking strap it up and do it, and 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 be the guy behind the curtain and not worry about getting all the praise. That's that's what we signed up for. Um, being a blue collar worker, I think, is really what it takes, and and uh, trying to enjoy the moments when they come along. Um, there are, I'm not going to say that the moments are few and far between, but you do work your ass off. Um, you, you do a, a, a ton of work to, uh, to enjoy those little moments. So make the work that you do count. And when those moments come along, try and try and sit back and, and, and realize what you've, not only the student athletes and coaches and everything, what they've put into it, but what you've put into, um, because, at times, this job can be tough and brutal and physically and mentally challenging. But but when you take a step back and look at it, it's definitely one of the coolest jobs in the world. And and just uh, pulling your pulling your keep and pulling your weight and and being part of the team and not just being there to to you know get the dry fits or get the whatever, but but really being a part of the team and putting in the sacrifices that that everyone else around you is too. Work life balance. What do you do to have fun? Oh man, we might have to move this to another podcast uh, or put a, put a label on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, down here, man, I, I the weather. I mean, you can play golf pretty much all year round here. I'm a huge golfer, man. Um, I love it. Um, I'm going back. I go back to Boston often. To be perfectly honest with you, to uh, my, my fiance is still up there, so spend some time with her. Um, but uh, man, I I love just uh, you know part of part of the people you work with are, are your family, man. And, and, uh, when you're down here with, I don't have too, too, I, I, I took a flyer and moving down here. I don't have too much from a, from like a personal standpoint. So the folks that I work with, um, you know, I consider them part of my family and, um, getting to know them and doing whatever, checking out. I mean, I don't know the South, man. I'm a dude from just outside of Detroit, lived in Boston for 10 years. Like, you know, I'm just trying to kind of take all of this chapter of my life in, um, and, and trying to experience just a completely different, um, different way of living. It really is. It was definitely a culture shock for me. Um, not in a good way, not in a bad way, just, just in a way it was. And, um, I'm very thankful for that. So, uh, I'm playing a lot of golf. I'm trying to get better at premiere. Um, what show, what show I'm watching? Uh, I don't know if anyone's watched, uh, that's like the it's like a 17 minute per episode, six episodes of I think you should leave. Um, if you're into like really sick, stupid comedy, it's 
one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Um, I'm trying to think of a show. I, I want to start a show soon. Do you have any recommendations? I'm, I'm open to recommendations. I don't know if you have any recommendations. I'm, I'm looking to try and start a new show here. Sopranos is my favorite show of all time. I'll just throw that out there. Are you asking me or are you asking everybody? I am asking you. I'm asking me. All right, so I just finished. I watched Highwaymen. I mean, it's not a show, but it was a movie. It was about the Bonnie and Clyde stuff. Um, okay. Get into that Chernobyl on HBO. I I'm watching that. I have oh, to yeah. watch the third episode, but that show is awesome. Great show. Yeah, I watch a lot of. Very good. I watch a lot of scary things. I don't know if you'd be interested in that. I, I'm a big documentary guy. I do. I love documentaries. Okay. So, um, like, I'm I'm into all just trying to learn uh, learn a bunch of stuff like that. How about the, uh, shit, uh, Ted Bundy? That thing that. No, but I heard that's oh, good. Really I, good. I will put that on. You got you All gotta right. watch the um, uh, the Ted Bundy tapes first. Um, that's like okay. four or five episodes. It gives you the background on everything okay. that he's done because the movie doesn't really do him justice. I would say as far as sure, sure. the atrocities, I would say not that you need okay. like any context for it. I mean, take your word for it. This man, pro- this man probably killed over sure. fifty people. But sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Never you kind of have to take the good with the bad there. But, um, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, next time someone – I know we talked about this a little bit off here. Next time someone is in Clemson, uh, what's your restaurant and bar recommendation? Next time someone is in Clemson, okay. You de- I mean, there's only one place, man, the SO Club. you got to come to the SO Club. It's uh, it's literally right – it's a problem because it's right around the corner from where we work. But that's kind of like the – if every game day comes here, um, apparently the legend has it. I need to ask Tim Bray, our longtime legendary SID. Um, apparently – Anytime Brent Musburger was in town, he would all they'd have a, they'd save a seat for him, which I think is amazing. Um, but like if game day comes here, they'll always do a hit from the SO Club. Um, just uh, just a great place. Uh, Rick Irwin's. If you're looking to show the parent that you're trying to kind of spoil yourself, um, you know it's it's a I don't know how new it is, um, but it's a great. Uh, it's in um, what's it called? Uh, Patton Patrick Square, if you will, and it's a great little restaurant. A lot of our a lot of our coaches and uh, and their uh, spouses and stuff uh, treat themselves there. It's it's a pretty high end place around here. So those would be my two my two recommendations on that front. Perfect. When are you getting married? May sixteenth. Uh, not last May six. Not six days yeah, ago, year. but uh, almost a year from now, May sixteenth. Yep, back in Boston. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy for the both of you. I know I saw you. Um, Thank you, sir. Where were we last year? DC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know yeah. I was last year. Yeah. So, um, Glad you're doing okay. Yeah. Glad you're doing well. I appreciate you coming on the show a second time. I welcome everybody who is either SID and not SID. I hope you kind of stick around, see what sure. this side of uh, the sport industry is all about. So, Mark, thank you very much for coming on a second time. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me anytime. It's been real.